0: Hello welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I salute the Juggers with a salute so straight that it's curved.
1: And I'm Gary and today we're going to review and discuss The Salute of the Jugger which came out in 1989, written and directed by David Webb Peoples. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis?
0: Well the story follows Rutger Hauer's character. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well the story follows Rutger Hauer's character, Salo, who is leading a team of Juggers through the post-apocalyptic wasteland. He comes across Kidder, played by Joan Chen, and decides to train her and take the team against the elite underground.
1: Like I said, this is from writer-director uh, David Webb Peoples, mm. um, who doesn't have that many films under his belt as a director. Yeah. but is really well known for some of the films that he's written in his time, mm. including Blade Runner. Yeah, Lady Hawk, Unforgiven. Twelve Monkeys. Yeah, you know, like some of these films have gone down as as all time greats. Yes. Uh, so it's you know, like some of these films have gone down as as all time greats. Yes. Uh, so it's always interesting to see a writer now also in the director's chair as well, directing his own project. Writer now also in the director's chair as well, directing his own project. Uh, but it seemed like the budget wasn't entirely there mm. for this film. And uh, in order to save some money, it uh, looks like you know they chose to, to film in, in South Australia. But that's also... I mean, the director also said that he was a little bit tired of American deserts. You'd seen them in almost every other film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they found this location called... Cooper in, Peddy in South Australia, and they said the moment they, they saw it, they didn't need to scout locations anymore. Yeah. This little section of Australia was just perfect, and it also housed more than 40 different nationalities within this, this small area. Nice. So, like, we don't need to bring in extras from around the world. We've already got We've this already got post-apocalyptic them. settlement right here. <laughs> Uh, So this film also has a different name. Uh, It released in Europe and Australia and and many other regions as The Salute of the Jugger, um, which also is, I think, about 10, maybe 12 minutes longer than the version that released in America, which is known as The Blood of Heroes. Yeah. And so it can be... And this film is also one of those films that has kind of, by and large, been forgotten, never made the transition over to Blu-ray. Never did, yeah.
0: (laughs) I, I caught this movie one night when I'd gotten back late, after a night out with the guys, and I had no idea what the hell I was watching. All I caught was some girl chasing a skull in the desert while some people were bashing the crap out of each other, and I thought, what the hell is this? And the salute of the Jugger just kind of, the title just stuck in my head. I was like, I need to see this. And then as the time passed, you know, I, I was wanting to watch it. And I'm like saying to Gary, hey, we should watch this. And, you know, it's not very well known. You know, barely anybody I know has ever even heard of this movie or has even seen it. So obviously it just kind of went under the carpet. And then when we decided to sit down and watch it, I was just like, okay, right, tonight's the night. And I sat down to watch it. And this movie, wow. Like we said, this this director, he's he's written the screenplays for some of the best movies of our time you know but he didn't direct them somebody else was in the chair so it was interesting to see how he went with this and when you have just the opening like you saw the title crawl yeah, you know the people have forgotten everything about the 20th century you know whatever technology they had or whatever war started the century you know whatever technology they had or whatever war started it you know it's gone all they have now are the juggers i like
1: that it it, it kind of hints that it happened so long ago yes.
0: that nobody even remembers
1: where this jugger game originated no. and so that tells you like jugger only originated after the fall yeah and so and and they kind of remember when that started so like you don't know how long it's been and i i do like the fact that this is one of those post-civilization, post-apocalyptic movies that tells you nothing about what happened because I guess nobody even knows or cares in the world.
0: Exactly. And that that just kind of drew me into the fact that I didn't need to worry about that. I've seen enough post-apocalyptic movies, but I was already set up in my mind to, like I said, this movie I've never heard of. It was on late at night. I wasn't expecting it to be any good. At all. I thought this was going to be an hour and a half of my time where I go, eh, it was a post apocalyptic movie. But I start to get drawn into it because I am really interested, and we start to see Rutger Hauer's character Sallow walking through the desert to this settlement, and we see this kid just start shouting, Juggers, Juggers, Juggers are coming, and you're like, uh, okay, what the hell's a jugger?
1: It's like one of the most exciting things to happen. And yeah. Well, they call them like Dogsvilles. Dogsvilles, yeah. You know, it's just people living in shacks and in makeshift tents and things. And so when... I mean, Juggers are kind of like this world's celebrities. Yeah. You know, so when people the were Juggers are coming, people get excited. Uh, they know that there's going to be a game on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it looks like every Dogsville has their own jugger team. And it looks like the winning team keeps travelling around Dogsvilles, collecting these skulls from their victories. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: um, and, and also accumulating all of the like the wealth that the town has to offer as well. That's
1: right, because we find out that when you win and you're a Jugger, you get to drink and you get to fight. <laughs> that That's that's what these Jugger teams live for. You know, the celebrity status and the fact that they get to live like kings in these Dogsvilles whilst they're travelling around in this
0: horrific, barbaric blood sport. Yes. <laughs> I did, like, the whole like intro I thought was really quite interesting the way the director went with it because we had we had the the, them walk up to the village you know we've got like I said we've got Salo played by Rutger we had the the, them walk up to the village you know we've got like I said we've got Salo played by Rutger Hauer we've got uh, Delroy Lindo uh, playing Mabulu we have Vincent D'Onofrio playing Gar uh, and Anna Katrina playing uh, Big Kimber and when they you know when they kind of walk in and they see the other team this is when we get the the credit sequence over them preparing. Yes. Which I thought was just a really interesting way because I kept expecting the title to come up at, at some point, point. and now we're preparing for the game, and then when they get the game on, it it they didn't hold back. It took me back to like Rollerball, sure, or, uh, with James Cann. And, and you know, I, I I did play like speedball in 1988 and, and Mutant League football. So this game, this I was watching on screen games that I would have played, and I'm just like, man, I should have watched this back in the day. <laughs> for sure, just pounding on each other, just beating the crap out of each other. We've got Dog Boy, who, you know, Gary and I had to look up the rules for for jugging. You know, after to find out, like, what the positions all were.
1: So, it's mostly a five versus five game. Yeah. There is a dog skull in the middle. The two quicks... Yep. ...on each team... They can't fight anybody else except each other. Yeah. And they need to take the the dog skull and spike it at the end.
0: Yeah, on their opponent's spike. This
1: happens over a course of three 100 stone throws. Yes. They don't have clocks. They don't have stopwatches. The only way to track time is to have some dude throw stones. And on the 100th stone, they break. And the game is over. It's sudden death the entire time. The moment one team scores, game over. Yeah. But it's full contact. So you have the quick trying to get the skull. You've got the protector, the chain guy. Yeah, the guy who swings... So you have the quick trying to get the skull. You've got the protector, the chain guy. Yeah, the
0: guy who swings the chain around his head. Their one responsibility
1: is to protect the quick. Yeah. Then you have three blockers or three fighters.
0: Yeah, I call them skull crushers. Skull crushers. those things are They're just... the
1: heavy armoured, big, big gladiator kind of yeah. sticks... Um, and and their job is to beat the shit out of the other team <laughs> so that their quick can safely get to the other end yeah. and plant the uh, plant
0: the dog skull to win the match. Yeah, and this 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 first match I really just set everything up because the 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 town that we're in this is where Kida comes from, played by Joan Chen. I like I really recognize her uh, from a uh, Judge Dread, but a lot of people might recognize her from Twin Peaks. And she she's been living in this village for well, since she was born. She she's been living in this village for well, since she was born, I'm assuming, you know, and, and she just wants to get out. She doesn't want to live here. She wants to play for the team. She wants to she wants to go and fight in the league that she's heard rumors about. It's supposed to be a paradise. And her hometown's quick gets injured. I mean, he does some damage to the other guys, uh, to Salo's quick, but you know, after, after the first round, they, he can't play, and so Kid is just like, "Let me play." You know, I want to play. How's your leg? Leg hurt? I'm gonna rip your tits off, bitch! I'm gonna hurt your leg. I'm gonna break your leg. And they lose. You know, she gets, she gets, she gets beaten down. Um, and with the fact that the Salos team now has won, got the pick of the spoils, they're having a party. He, I love the fact that they were, well, they were getting beaten, weren't they, in the first round? Yeah. And Salos just like we're playing like old women. I'm like, yeah, Rucker Hour is a coach now. <laughs> He's gonna be coaching everybody. Like, and he comes up with the formula. You know, you can tell well I, I don't know how I could tell but it just felt like Salo had the experience yeah he'd been doing this a while definitely felt like a seasoned player yeah and so you know and he definitely has the
1: respect he's definitely the leader of the group oh totally not only is he the namesake and the poster guy and it's Rutger fucking Howard <laughs> yeah. you know you, when that man speaks you listen you fucking listen and yeah, uh, yeah he, he rallies his team and uh, and they, they demolish this Dogsville's team yeah and like you said then they you know then they're partying they're drinking they're fucking uh, and then they're, they're ready to, to get on the road the next day, but they're also they're quick. His knee or his legs took so much damage yeah. that he's just, you know, he's struggling to keep up with them. And Sallow has also noticed her on the you know, struggling to keep up with them. And Sallow has also noticed her on the rocks, yeah. kind of looking over. Yeah. He's not saying anything to her, he's not hinting it's, anything. But it's
0: like a kind of loyalty as well because Dog Boy doesn't want to slow his team down, but then they don't want to lose him because he's there quick. And when Kidda first turns up, she's like, Look, I'm really sorry about your leg, but you know, post apocalyptic wasteland and all that shit. It's a sport. It's a game. It's a sport, you know? Uh, She's just like, I'll go with you. And then they're like, Look, he's fine. And I was really surprised. I was thinking, Okay, they're going to fight. She's going to get killed. Maybe Dog Boy's going to be a dick. No, it really felt like this little team had been together for so long. They didn't want to leave him. Yeah. So then when you cut to the sequence where he sat by the tree and he's just like, I can't stand. I'm like, shit. Yeah, this is this is no medical supplies. There's no doctors. His injury. No medical supplies. There's no doctors. His injury. It's taking him out of the game. And they're like, "Okay," And he's just like, look, just leave me some food. Leave me some water. I'll catch up to the next town and find out where you've gone from there. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, he's it's well, it's not like he's given up. It's more like a sacrifice or kind of thing. Like I'm not going to hold you guys back. Nobody carries dog boy. Right. That yeah. really hit me. I'm like, yeah. this character's not been here for long, but I really feel like it's a shame to leave him, but we've got no choice. And then when the group carry on, we come across what it really shocked me. There was just an armored car in the middle of the desert. I mean, you say car, but it didn't, didn't look like I have any wheels. What was with that camera angle? That they, they literally cut off half the body of this car, and you watch the two actors walk up a slope, and I'm yeah. like, but, but the team just bowed. Yes, it seems like these are like royalty, but they also look like law enforcement yeah. of some kind. We we get no introduction or anything. These two guys literally come across. Everybody bows, and they was it. They say to Gandhi the the manager, they're just like, "Give us your money." And he's like, "How much do you want?" He's like, "All of it." And I'm thinking, there's only fucking two of them. Kill yeah. them. <laughs> but then I'm, I'm like, mm, whoever they work for, is would... gonna find out about it. Yeah, and, and and that would be the end of these guys. So after winning their game they're now completely fucked anyway yeah and they you know so they they kind of reluctantly accept that they need kidder now to join in their team yeah and so then we get a kind of
1: like a training montage mm. we just basically get a practice round and uh, and we've also had uh, the the previous dog boy complaining yes uh, about Vincent D'Onofrio's character not being very good Yeah, they like uh, he, what does he say um I think Sallow says, oh, he's really young, yeah, and dog boy says, no, he's really shit because <laughs> <laughs> he will not protect the quick, yes, yeah and uh, and so you know we've so sort of, each character's kind of got like very small character arcs, yeah, or, or you know, a sense of development with these characters because the film doesn't have very much story, but it is all very character-based. Now, I'd like when I was watching this film, I was like, "Man, this, this this film is a great example." Now, I'd like when I was watching this film, I was like, "Man, this, this this film is a great example of world building." Yes. you know, a part of me was like, "This is world building." The movie, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Uh, but even just watching this training sequence where they're preparing their new quick, you know, and she's struggling to find a way through,
0: you know, she's through really the lines. She's cocky. She thinks she's so fast as well. You know, she's been watching these games since she's been growing up, so she thinks she can do it. And, you know, Salo... I, well, I felt like Salo's looking at her like, I'm going to mould you. Sure. You know, I felt, like, I only felt that when I realised at, at the end of the film where he'd taken her, because at, at the start, he... He, he's happy where he is moving from Dogsville to Dogsville fucking and drinking and just doing whatever because as we start to find out he's come from the league he played in there and, and there was a bad, something bad happened and he was you know just thrown out and told never to return again so he's got the skills and training her and, and, and Gar's character, Vincent's character I thought was just brilliant because as brilliant as an actor as Vincent D'Onofrio is, he's still under Rutger Hauer's level. Sure. You know, and Rutger Hauer's like, I'm going to train you as well. So then when we get the montages of games and then victories after victories, the team development, the bonding, I was, I i, I didn't realise until halfway through that I was like, this is an underdog team story. Oh, yeah. I'm so behind this motherfucking yeah. team right now. It's a now. post-apocalyptic sports and, movie. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the, the, the montages just worked so so well to the fact that like i wanted them to get good so more games they played the more injuries they got like brought some more realism realism into it because i'm thinking oh shit you know what are they what are they going to do if there's something really well does something get
1: something it does happen because uh in one of the dogsville matches sallow takes a massive knock to the head yes and then we find out afterwards that you know, he's lost the eye. He's Yeah. And he spends the, and then we find out afterwards that, you know, he's lost the eye. He's Yeah. And he spends the rest of the film with the, with the bandages over his face. Yeah. And uh, he just like, but it doesn't slow him down or impede him in any way. They're just kind of like, this is the game. Yeah. You know, this
0: is, this is what happens. Well, he doesn't want to return to the, the elites that he doesn't want to return to the elite because he knows how brutal it is. Right. And, and what I thought really worked as well was Gar, Wants to go. Kidder wants to go. It's because they've never seen a League game. And they want to play. They want to get out of the desert. They want to get out from these shithole villages of just nothing. They want to get stuff. Mabulu and, and Big Kimba, they, they, don't, they don't want to go. Because
1: they, know, they don't want to die. They know that you don't escape uh, a jugger match in the League with all your limbs intact. Yeah. So they were like, nah, we're out.
0: Well, unless you're sallow. Yeah, you know, sure. <laughs> and, and he and he sat there like Well, you know, how how good am I? How how good is Rutger Hauer as this post-apocalyptic player? And he just gets up and goes and says, Yeah, alright guys, come on, let's go. And so they all start following him. And I was just really surprised with this whole introduction to this new world that we're going into. All we've seen is desert. All we've seen is shitty town and just post-apocalypticsville. And I thought it was gonna be that for the rest of the movie. The, like, I was really interested in reading that you know Hughes-Byrne uh, was in the movie. who was the toker from Mad Max. He's playing Lord Vile. And I'm like, who the fuck's Lord Vile? I, I haven't seen it. So when they get to this entrance in the desert? Well, it's like a shack in the middle of, of the desert. And you're like, yeah. how are all these people going to get in that shack? I mean, <laughs> they can't it. be playing Jugger in there, can they? <laughs> no, that's it. But then, obviously, you start to piece together. this is This is going underground because they get to this elevator. And the elevator goes down.
1: And down. <laughs> and down. World's longest elevator ride. So much so that all the passengers in this elevator get to sleep before yeah. they even get to the bottom.
0: how deep is this or how slow are they going I, man in mean, a post-apocalyptic wasteland you want to be deep 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 underground don't you man that's pretty damn deep I, I know I know I mean it felt like the other side of the fucking world when they <laughs> got down there but that's it as soon as they got down there it was like the other side of the fucking world when they got down there but that's it as soon as they got down there it was like a whole new world I'm just thinking of all the poor bastards are waiting up top for the next ride <laughs> I don't know who, who actually has it better. Right. Because there are so many people down here. Every space is just crammed. You know, you, you just, you can move, but you've got to keep moving, you know? And and I like, I love watching like the, the food that they prepare. In post-apocalyptic wastelands. It's always those rat burgers. (laughs) Those rat burgers, giant dog things. I'm like, where did they get that? Like we haven't seen any animals so how and it and it does get super super fucking interesting when you see what the elite's eating right yeah (laughs) yeah but you've got to put a challenge forward and i'm assuming that the skulls that you collect from the the villages you then take to the elite and then you get to challenge them and (laughs) sally has put his challenge forward but he can still be spotted so he like I, I, I don't know he puts it the, the the team put it forward and he's just well the the, player. the, the,
1: the quick she puts it forward because yeah. she's the one who really wants it so you know so the judges I guess the, uh, the elite the league team the elite mm. the super wealthy get to uh look at the skulls that she's presented, but they also get to see the rest of the team. But yes. of course, somebody behind the scenes notices Sallow, and it's just like, hey, wait a minute, that's that guy that we kicked out for reasons that mm. I'm still begrudging of, so yeah. deny
0: the team, essentially. That's actually Lord Vile, who whispers into the ear yes. of, of the head guy. But they look so alien. they the elite. They're clean. They're dressed really well nice. They look well-fed, and I'm like what the fuck I want to know more I need to know how they are able to just keep this thing going you know because we even watch like like Salo and Kiddo go to watch the the main Juggers play in the arena and just the noise you know in comparison of all the games that we've watched up to this point we watched like you know two or three games and a couple of montages of just people fighting in the desert and a couple of people cheering now you've got thousands of gearing stomping their feet people are being
1: brutalized to fuck i say the weapons look like they could do more damage the armor that
0: they're wearing is yeah all uniformed yeah uh and so it looks like you know it looks like the big leagues <laughs> and this whole setup as well between you know that where we've been told that they treat you like you're one of them mm. but you're not and i'm like oh yeah you know so when when you see like gonzo the one of the players walk up and Lord Val was just talking to him like, "Yes, you played well today, haha." Ha. Like we're friends. And Gonza's like, "Yes, sir. Whatever." But they deny the team's uh, entrance.
1: Yeah, the rest of the team don't know that they've been denied just yet, and so they kind of just try to make themselves at home. Mm. And it is one of my favorite visuals in the film, where uh, we're sat home. Mm. And it is one of my favorite visuals in the film. Where uh, where Salo is trying is basically paid for a, for a bed for a yeah. cot, and we didn't realise that he ends up climbing up this ladder, and he <laughs> keeps going and he keeps going. You realise that there's all these platforms, all these balconies, yeah. And you realise whoa, people are sleeping on these balconies, people are, are cooking, people are looking after families, people are fucking
0: living. You know, this is survival. Like I imagine they're looking over the arena possibly but i but when they space yeah cuz when when gar comes in later and starts shouting up to them i'm like well where is this this cuz people are like shut up down there i'm trying to sleep them i'm like well where is this this cuz people are like shut up down there i'm trying to sleep i'm like this is this is a proper living area for yeah. them you know you could roll off the edge at any point and die well especially if you're at the top somewhere we saw right along that lift ride was yeah, that's it i was actually <laughs> thinking when he was climbing i'm like how do you keep track of the bed? Right. Do you just like a daily come up to see if there's anybody on there, and then you throw them off, or like do you have numbers? And is it better to be at the top or the bottom? B- bottom them I, d- I, d-
1: <laughs> I don't know. Um, but basically, we we find uh, Max Fairchild mm. is uh, is one of the elite juggers. You yeah. recognize him from Mad Max as well, and uh, he's been told that they're going to allow this this renegade Dogsville jugger team to partake. Yeah. So long as you destroy Dogsville Jugger team to partake. Yeah. So long as you destroy
0: and kill Salo in the game. Yeah. Because of the personal vendetta. Oh, um, man, I loved I loved that whole game. sequence. Because it, the, the cello being played really threw me off. And then the fact that they're eating what looks to be a giant Komodo dragon. Right, yeah. Okay. You know, and they're enjoying this moment. And, and Lord Vile says to him, like, yeah, you know, I want you to break him in the challenge match you know nobody watches nobody watches the challenge match this isn't a league game this is just a challenge match and gonzo's just like challenge match this isn't a league game this is just a challenge match and gonzo's just like you want me to do that yep yep i want you to do that because i'm i'm guessing it was his wife yeah. that the indiscretion was yeah. put forward to a cross break his legs too for good measure you want me to damage him on purpose?
1: Ah, oh, my dear. You know Gonzo, of course. The best slash of
0: all in the nine cities. On purpose? I insist. And so then when they get into the challenge game, like, like I said, I hadn't expected this movie to be this good. I was actually just expecting a really boring post-apocalyptic hour and a half movie. At this point, I'm fucking rooting for my team. <laughs> and I'm scared because they've gone through hell to get to here. They've got put together armor. They've still got lingering injuries. I mean, Salo's still got a bandage over his fucking eye. This is one of the reasons Lord Vile's happy to put his challenge against. Because he he's blind in one eye. And so when you see the other team come forward, and they're proper fucking armored. You know, they've got their weapons stowed. The stones start, and they start playing. And Gonzo purposely pins Sallow. Well, that's the thing because um, Max Fairchild's character said to his
1: teammate, yeah. "Like, pin him." Because there's like um, I don't know, like a, a camaraderie. There's a history. Yeah, yeah, There's a friendship, whether they played on the same team before or we, not. We don't. And we he's just like, that, I don't want, I don't want to kill him. Yeah. I don't want to break his legs and kill him. So just, just pin him and sit on him. For the entire match, I if you can. felt
0: Gonzo, Max Fairchild's character, was the second guy that Sallow had mentioned being the two yes. people who'd made it in. Yeah. And yeah. second guy that Sallow had mentioned being the two yes. people who'd made it in. Yeah. And yeah. and that's that's what I got by the end of the movie. I could be wrong, but you'd also seen a lot of the camaraderie throughout the. Movie. That's that's what I got by the end of the movie. I could be wrong, but you'd also seen a lot of the camaraderie throughout the movie. Whenever they played, they were brutal as fuck in the ring, but as soon as they ended. They were whacking face, yeah. they were shaking out. There was that fuck in the ring, but as soon as they ended, they were whacking face, yeah. they were shaking out. There was that moment, wasn't there, where oh shit, I just realized where Rupert saw that guy with the one eye. Yes. And he winks at him and they laugh. Yeah. Oh shit, and then <laughs> comes back, he's got the bandage. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't realize how good kidder is and that's another thing that i started to really enjoy because they'd already you know gar with his chain uh kidder being so quick they start putting their side of the team across we we
1: should also say that the two that got left behind
0: said Mm. they weren't going yeah
1: they of course had the change of heart and and turned and
0: decided to come yeah so delroy lindo and big kimber are there and I was really surprised about Big Kimber's character, and that's why, you know, the poodle lady from Batman Returns. You got me. I love Batman Returns for two reasons now. She she gets beaten the fuck out of. Yes. She gets not she gets bashed down on the floor. The you know, like I said, the other team are just a lot stronger. But she puts up such a good fight she holds on to that guy's leg and just gets bashed and people start cheering and i'm like wow that's a really strong female character again On for Chen. well it's it's the fact and i'm like wow that's a really strong female character again On for Chen. well it's it's the fact that this is it's built up
1: to like such an underdog moment yes because uh like throughout the film salo mentions that the one time that he was in a challenge team they got eviscerated Mm. after 26 stone throws. Yes, yes. And, like, no challenge game has ever gone gone to 26 stone throws. Yeah. This game gets to 100 100 stone throws. throws. And so as it's counting up, people are getting more and more excited because no challenge match has ever come this close. Yeah. And so it's embarrassing for the league team. Yeah. It's exciting for all of those watching. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, sadly, like, the injury she sustained means she... She can't go back out for the for the for round two. Yeah, and so like the coach, the traveling
0: Gandhi, Gandhi He's just like <laughs> he suits up and he's like I'm in, I'm in, and I'm like oh shit because we'd already seen him helping train and he seemed like he could handle himself in these situations and he's like ready to go and it it was so cool because Salo's just was like go for a fish hook and he's like yep like he he doesn't have to break it down he's just told him he he tells uh, Mabulu the tactic for him Kidders tactic and they go back out and it's another tactic for him kidder's tactic and they go back out and it's another two sets of a hundred stones yeah the place is roaring people's feet are stomping you know fucking you can tell bets are being made lord vile is obviously he's he's upset made lord vile is obviously he's he's upset but he's impressed as well i feel because this next section of the game just feel, because this next section of the game just, it, it gets so good, like, I got confu- I always kept getting confused who was who when they had the masks on, but it wasn't until the end that I realised that when Salo starts to fight Gonzo, and then it wasn't until the end that I realised that when Sallow starts to fight Gonzo, and then fucking whacks him in the balls twice with his stick and puts him down. And fucking whacks him in the balls twice with his stick and puts him down. And he puts him up against the fence stick and puts him down. And he puts him up against the fencing where Lord Val is, and he just bashes him. Puts him up against the fencing where Lord Val is, and he just bashes him. Puts him up against the fencing where Lord Val is, and he just bashes him. Just to be like fencing where Lord Val is, and he just bashes him, just to be like, yeah, you ain't winning this time. <laughs> and gandhi takes out his guy fucking gar takes out his trainer. it's such
1: a almost a flawless victory it, yeah at the end where when when the skull's there and sallow just says you know walk walk like stick it to him i was
0: like <laughs> yes i was honestly like stick it to him i was like yes i was honestly yeah everything had built up to this point that i was just feeling so good for this team for kidder you know that when she walked over she placed the skull on the spike the whole place erupted and she over, she placed the skull on the spike the whole place erupted and she gets what she wants now the ending gets a bit weird here depending on what version you're watching
1: well yeah the uh, the salute of the jugger ending uh, ...version you're watching well yeah the uh, the salute of the jugger ending um continues beyond the blood of heroes So as they're all celebrating the the credits start to roll here yeah Uh, but in the extended version uh we find out that um yes you know she's been accepted he's been accepted into the league everyone's accepted into the league yeah except sallow because he's been you know he's been booted out once before he's not allowed back in again Mm. you know the people are still running things nothing's changed in the hierarchy he doesn't want to go anyway he doesn't want to go. Is it, that he, good? He just needed... He just wanted to... Right? He doesn't want to go anyway. He doesn't want to go. Is it, that he, good? He just needed... He just wanted to prove that he could still do it. But yeah. he also saw, you know, the potential in somebody else and yes. helped them realise their dreams... Um, and then we find out that, you know, he he's back in Dogsville. He's got a whole new Jugger team. Yeah. And he's continuing to play Jugger against a, uh, a different traveling band of Juggers that's now come to his Dogville. Yeah. And uh, you're just like, uh, it, it, you know, it's ongoing and it feels more believable. It doesn't have that, oh, everything's okay now. Our Jugger team's won the day. Ending.
0: Yeah. that that I, When I felt that ended, like the music built up at that section and... and... Yeah that's the typical A-American ending of we don't really get this film. The other ending got me even more because like it cemented to me that Rutger was such a fucking good actor he just made me think of this character but there's well where you had the silhouette of this team that looked like it ate its dead you know standing there and he's he's not losing any confidence he's got a new quick they're gonna play and they're gonna win. And I was like fuck yeah. <laughs>
1: William, what were your favourite scenes from the film?
0: Oh man, uh, like I said, I I loved quite a lot of this movie. The visuals themselves really got me, like you said, with the desert landscape that they used initially. Um, there was this one particular shot where they're playing a game, but you've got the sunset behind them and it was just all so lit up so beautifully i thought that sequence was amazing well i just want
1: to say the cinematography in the film was mm. done by david eggby all oh, right uh who had already before this film done some brilliant cinematography in mad max
0: yeah, yeah
1: so similar location yep, similar yep. theme uh, but he'd also done the cinematography for, for
0: for pitch black which is kind of the same kind of desert kind of landscape i suppose exactly yeah, yeah.
1: and uh, including space above and beyond as well just need to throw that out there <laughs> well like like
0: i said the whole leading up into the elite underground was, as soon as that changed i that completely threw me off but i immediately fell in love with it all the industrialness i i loved when they um when they came across the armored car and the armored guys just obviously robbed them of their money and there's the moment where they're still barring and the two guys walk off and Rooker house stands up and the two guys turn and, like, nothing is said, but he just bows back down again, as if to say he stood up too early. You yeah. know, he's disrespecting them. They will kill him and the whole team if he doesn't show respect. Now it's just like, oh, man, that. The team, if he doesn't show respect. Now it's just like, oh, man, that. This one bit here just kind of, like, like we said, brought us into this world that they were all kind of scum, and these guys were like the super rich. Uh, any of the games, the, the montages of games were great. There was that one game where she rips the guy's ear off. Like... Well,
1: that, when that happened, it made me go, "So what are the rules? <laughs> you just do whatever you want.
0: You get that skull on your opponent's spike by any means necessary. That's that's how I that's how I got the rules. Uh, there was... It was funny, but it was gross. Every time they'd won, they got the cho- choice of spoils. And there was this one bit where Big Kimber looks at the all the girls there and she's arguing with some of the people and it was really good that they all had at the beginning they had like broken english you know like people didn't really talk to each other normally anymore because of post-apocalypticness but when they got to the end of the movie it was all really quite articulate everybody spoke proper if you wanted to be involved in the league but she's trying to talk to them about why gar and salo and mabulu have choice of all these women and she's got this group of guys that don't look that great and then later on the joke plays again where kid is looking for somebody to have sex with and she looks at this like nerdy guy (laughs) and thinks to herself well I'm better and she looks at this like nerdy guy (laughs) and thinks to herself well I'm better than that and she's looking at Gar Vincent D'Onofrio's character and she's like "Mm, eh, I'm in an R and then the two of them are trying to have sex now I thought they were having sex and it was all building up. But then Rookerhauer's sallow character wanders into the room drunk as fuck. Just watching. (laughs) And then he laughs and says, like, you know two juggers can't have sex. (laughs) And then he laughs and says, like, you know two juggers can't have sex after a game. You're just rubbing wounds against each other. And I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I told
1: you two juggers can't fuck after the game it doesn't work unless you like rubbing wounds against wounds
0: um, I love the bit underneath uh, in the industrial um, underground where Salo has gone to go off to watch a game and Gandhi stops and he's just like six pies six pies and the guy and Gandhi stops and he's just like six pies six pies and the guy's like six pies and Salo walks off and he goes Five pies, <laughs> and then Kidder leaves, and he's just like, and the guy comes over with five pies. He's like, no, 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 I said four. Why would I say six? <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah, I, uh, I, I love the whole uh, this, the whole fight, uh, fight sequences in, especially the final game. Uh, just the whole fight, uh, fight sequences in, especially the final game. Uh, just the whole fight, uh, fight sequences in, especially the final game. Uh, like the whole fight uh, fight sequences in especially the final game like just hearing fight sequences in especially the final game like just hearing fight sequences in especially the final game like just hearing all those little stones i thought it would get annoying like just hearing all those little stones i thought it would get annoying but i actually lost stones i thought it would get annoying But I actually lost stones. I thought it would get annoying, but I actually lost track of it through the film while the games were going on that when it actually focused on the stones and realised there was only like three stones left, I was like, oh shit, you've just got to keep going until the hundred. And one of my favourite all-time moments, I think, was when Gar just shouts, a hundred fucking stones! (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, you've mentioned quite a few of the, the best <laughs> scenes. I don't really have any major scenes that that stand out in the film. Like all of the jugger matches were were, were really good. Yeah. Um, I, I think I guess my favourite line probably be uh, the, the moment when Salo and hers are in bed, and uh, and they talk about how uh, the women um, in the and, uh, and they talk about how uh, the women. Um, in the higher leagues that you get to sleep with have no scars oh yeah yeah uh, and sallow literally turns to her and says i like scars yeah like, yeah yeah yeah. great 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 moment uh, but for me it was it was it was really the uh the cinematography and the sets and the world building mm. uh the desert landscape you know the the dogsville uh the wall of beds um even smaller moments like the uh, the market mm. where everyone's just walking around and you got this guy uh, ma- making this this piece of art mm. on the floor you know, it's like this giant, uh, you know, uh, like religious painting or yeah. whatever it is. And people were just walking all over it. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it was just interesting visuals uh, and locations. It yeah. really helped bring this world to life. It, re- it really did. Uh, I mean, this film did such a good job at creating this sport that doesn't really exist, but borrows from kind of different rules for different games. Yeah. So much so that Jugger has now become a real life, in real life sport that more than 40 different countries are now practicing and competing, and it was